Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more. Sidebar with Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. So this evening on Sidebar with Cindy, we're speaking about um, non-resident fathers. And the definition of a non-resident parent is a parent that doesn't spend day-to-day with the child. And this evening was focusing on the non-resident father. And I have two guests in studio. I'll be chatting to Ronald Muringai and Leroy Tao, who've both written books about what we're going to be discussing. And the question we're asking is, how much do fathers matter when they're not living with the mothers of their children? We'll be taking your calls on 86 Your SMS is on 36959. The hashtags on social media are Sidebar Cindy and Kai FM Talk. But before we go any further, I'd like to say a very warm welcome to our guests this evening. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. I'm good. Thank you, Miss Cindy. So thank you so much for being here. And um, this is a tough topic. Um, I think um, we we spend a lot of time focusing on absent fathers, but I I don't recall ever having a discussion around non-resident fathers. So um, thank you for being here. And and I think a lot of the listeners are looking forward to what you have to say. We are looking forward to them listening to what we have to say. (laughs) So we'll start off off with um, definitions. Um, and oh, actually, no, before we go to definitions, what prompted you to write the books? Um, I'll start off with, Ro- with Ronald. Right. So yeah. the book that I've written is called Fathering Sons. Yes. And uh, the specific area of focus for this book was the relationship between fathers and sons. So yeah. I think that, like what you're talking about today, the resident father, it was a side issue that came through from that. Because what I did in the writing of the book, I'm not really a subject matter expert myself. Mm. So I sent out a uh, survey to about 100 men and ask them how their relationship with their father was, you know, what they would have wanted to hear from their fathers, what they want to see when they become fathers, et cetera, et cetera. In essence, there was 25, 23 questions in all. Yeah. And out of that, the response that I that came through, the book was written. So for me, I think it also has a personal effect because I had a tough relationship with my father and we only really got to reconcile just before he passed away. So it's something that I think for myself, I've kind of become a crusader for to say, how therefore can we help other people in possibly my situation or different to mine, but similar to actually help um, them reconnect to their dads, hopefully before they pass away as well. And are you a parent yourself now? I've just become a parent, yeah. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> My daughter is almost two now and uh, she's the busiest thing ever, but <laughs> I love I love fathering as well. So mm. I think that's the other disqualifier that I don't have a son and yet I'm writing a book about fathering sons. <laughs> so. Well, there's still time. I'm sure you can try and have Oh, you. hallelujah to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and Leroy, what prompted you to write the book um, that, you, that you wrote? Well, I wrote Confessions of a Broken Man because... Um, when you are in the, um, is, is, are we fine? <laughs> when we, when 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 I was when I, you know, when you are in the public space, um, yeah. the motivational speaking and all of this, and you, people see you from a suited up point of view, and you're saying all the correct things at the correct time, and people assume that your life is well put together. Can behind the gift there is a human being mm. who is struggling from these fathering issues. And when I wrote Confessions of a Broken Man, was to confess that I am not well put together. Number mm. one, I am not all strong number two and I do not have it all well known and well put together number Mm. three and the reality of that was for me to say to other men it's okay to 
not be okay and it's okay for you to acknowledge that you are broken because we have a whole lot of men who have never been fathered and the reality of that is that our fathers were not fathered as well yeah. so if we are going to blame but now my father if my father was here I would my have life been would one, have two, been three, four, yeah. five. but the reality is that we need to come to the place of personal responsibility and learning that though we come from a coming from that the coming from that we come from has a coming from like my father did not my father my grandparents passed away when my dad was six years old yeah so he did not have like somebody modeling this whole yeah, father and you can't do what you don't know yes and then what hit me the most was um frederick Dutler's quote that says that it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men i i i went with that quote for many years but it was only recently that i realized that it is impossible to bring to to build strong children yeah. without going back to repair broken men because how then do you model fatherhood from a broken place and try to build strong children without examples of strong men that children can look up to so it is very when i wrote confessions of a broken man was simply to say that i am broken and i need to make some confessions and not only to live in the brokenness but to grow from being broken yeah. and to become the man that i need to become and how easy has it been for for other men to 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 acknowledge that they're broken i mean it's a difficult thing because you need to look inside yourself and and accept that you've got these flaws so how have you found it difficult because remember we 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 are brought up to be strong we are brought up yeah. to be tough and the hardest thing that any man has to do and any man can do is to admit that i can't is to admit that i'm hurting and is to admit that is hard so for you to confess that you are breaking you are literally saying that there are areas of weakness in you mm. and that is what society has society has perceived and depicted and defined men to be the superman and that has no humanity to it that is why I, I i i always say that women are not ready to understand men because when they say you are trash you are trash it doesn't matter from what angle we are talking about it really doesn't matter so the emo i remember talking to some ladies and they say mara lena lady feeling silly because they we, we they have taken the human element from men so it has been very hard for me to make these confessions but i've learned that men find it easier to relate to me because i became naked first yeah and that's important i think um you know it starts with one person i always say that it starts with one person and then one person becomes two people and ten people and a hundred people and slowly but surely we're going to change the world one person at a time yes yeah, yeah. and ronald um you know t picking up on what leroy has been saying um your journey with your book how has that you know changed you how helped you get naked you know, to use his <laughs> phrasing so I include in the book as well the story about my own personal relationship with my father and how it was broken in many ways. Mm -hmm. So in a, in a short space, uh, just to summarize it, basically my, my mom and my dad divorced when I was in grade one. I think I was two, six years old at the time. Mm -hmm. And from that time onwards, I grew up pretty much with my mom the whole time. So in as much as mom would encourage us, you know, go and visit your dad, go spend time with your dad. and But in our hearts, we couldn't really understand why the other children at school, you know, have a... a formal family structure in place whereas yeah. we are somewhat struggling and financially too things were really not working out because now my dad was really a moneyed guy but after the divorce you know we could really see the change in the in lifestyle lives. you mm. know and how suddenly the things we could afford prior we suddenly can't afford the shoes we could get uh, on the click of the hands now you can't afford etc etc so that the the impact was real and it was visible so besides just the emotional aspect of us relating with our father with my dad anyway uh, there was also that whole thing where the money 
also came into play and you know uh, the, the perceptions that come with that as well to think okay so if this man has this much money and yet i'm going through so much things then wh- why is he not taking care of it does he not care about me and also that ha- feeds into some sort of self-degradation you know in, yeah. in, in your own identity per se so th- i think from the book now from the seeing how men have been relating to the issue how men a lot of men as well have just been going through similar uh, i think it's, it's really helped for me to just put the whole thing on the table and say guys there's an issue uh, it's not really like you said at the beginning of the show it's not really an easy topic to deal with it's not something that we really want to talk about on a daily basis but unless we confront it as Leroy is saying now unless we deal with it and the brokenness that comes with that then we won't be able to pass down to the next generation a good model of fatherhood we mm-hmm. pr- pretty much will send down to our sons what our father gave what our fathers gave us and that's in a way you know repeating the cycle and the whole trash movement will just continue again and again because we don't know any better. Mm. So I think uh, from the responses and the stuff that I've compiled here, I'm hoping it works almost like a two-way mirror to say, for sons, this is what they really want to see from their fathers. But at the same time, for fathers, this is what your sons would like to see from you. So b- both sides of the generational coin then benefit as a result of, of the book. Yeah, well, if you if you just tuned in, you're listening to Sidebar with Cindy on KFM 95.9. And um, I'm chatting to um, Ronald Muringai and to Leroy Tao. Um, who Leroy has written a book, Confessions of a Broken Man. And o Ronald has written a book, Fathering Sons. And this evening we're chatting about, um, you know, non-resident fathers, fathers that don't live day to day with their children and how much do fathers matter when they're not living with the mothers of their children and you know just to read a few stats about 36 percent of south african children live in the same household as their biological fathers and this is according to a father's study that is compiled by sonke gender justice and the human sciences research council um and you know this this the report coincides with the amendments to south africa's labor law on parental leave for fathers um and also highlights the importance of father involvement in in their children's lives um, it's a difficult topic. I mean, look, your parents were divorced, and so your dad essentially became a non-resident father. But um, did he did he visit? Did he did he take part in any aspect of your lives? Right. So it became very limited after that, you know. And as much as we can try and make sure that we have the best access possible to fathers of uh, divorced children, it's just not ideal. If they're staying with you on a 24-hour basis mm. versus if they're no longer staying with you, you don't really get the same. And I think it's, I would love to encourage, of course, men who have divorced and say, please try and access your children as much as possible. Perhaps you didn't even get married. You just had uh, a baby with somebody that you didn't really get married to. Yeah. But uh, you, I, I would like to encourage people to really just have that access because having your father in your life, there's, there's a lot that comes from that. There's a lot that you get from that. There's a lot that you learn from that. There's a lot that you as a man and your identity is based and shaped by having your father around you. So that step that you've just quoted now, I talk about it in my book as well. And just the reverse side of it says at least 70% are therefore not having a father in the house. And that's literally like seven out of 10. That's, that's just, that's, that's crazy, you know, come to think of it. And I think my encouragement, uh, in as much as there are issues that take place, perhaps between yourself and your spouse or your former spouse or your baby mama or whatever it is, what is it that can be done to make sure that we cushion the next generation from that which we've experienced? Mm. We've gone through the trenches. We've gone through the gutter, you know, for, and, and we've become broken men, as, as Leroy's book talks about. But what is it that we can therefore do to empower the next generation to ensure that they don't go through the same stuff that we've gone through? Yeah. And I think for me, that's, that's the important uh, piece that I would really want to bring to the conversation. Yeah, I mean, I'll just add a bit as well about my experience with the, with the non-resident father. I mean, my parents divorced when I was four. So my dad, um, you know, was hands-on. I mean, 
he'd help where he could. Mm. But well, the one thing that happened is that you tend to have this honeymoon relationship with with the parents that's hover, that's that that's jumping in and out of your lives. Yeah. So I'd yeah. see him when he came to you know pick up pick me up at school to take me home. I'd also see him when he when he came to see my school report because mm. he was paying sure. my school fees and so on. And and I say honeymoon because you're on your best behavior when this when this person comes because mm. you know you know you know you're not going to see him again for exactly. a long time. So you're on your best yeah. behavior. Yeah. You're smiling when you don't want to. There's so much you want to say, mm. but you can only smile because you see months. what I'm saying. That's it. And that's it. That damaged me in the in the sense that mm. I find it very difficult to be to show my anger and everything else when I like I'll smile even mm. though inside I'm seething. Sure. And sure. that's something that therapy is helping me with. Sure. But I think I picked that up from having this dad that came through and had to be nice to him because, oh my gosh, he's here. Mm. And then when he's gone, then I'm angry. But I'm angry at the wrong person sure. because my mother. So I just, yeah. I thought yeah I and I'm actually that. glad that, you know, you've taken the whole therapy option to that as well. Because I think a lot of us don't take the steps to rectify that which has gone broken in the previous generation. Like mm. you've, you've gone through, shucks, I, I can't even describe, you know, the, the, the experience that you've gone through, but look, you're doing something about it. And I'm just saying, I hope uh, the people that are listening out there, whether they're sons, whether they're daughters, mm. and they have really struggled with this aspect of their relationship with their fathers, that they do something about it whilst time still allows, you know. Yeah, no. So it's quarter past seven on Kai FM 95.9. We're taking your calls on 86 959 You can SMS us on 36959 and the hashtag on social media is sidebot Cindy and Kai FM Talk. And we're speaking about non-resident fathers. The definition of a non-resident father is a father that is not there day to day for the bringing up of the child or the children. Not an absent father, but yeah. a, a father that, that does come here yeah. and there, but is not there every single day. So Leroy, coming back to you. Um, and just what I've, exp- I've explained about, about always being on your best behavior. You know, what yeah. do you think of that? Okay. Um, let's, let's go back a little bit mm. uh, to the whole reason why we have this situation at the end of the day. Most men have not learned how to have a relationship with their kids outside the relationship they have with the mother of the child. Mm-hmm. So when we separate, it becomes very difficult for the men to have to exercise relationship because every time daddy came home mother had already uh, settled the environment for daddy to have a relationship with the child mm-hmm. so when 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 the man separates from the mother automatically the relationship with the child gets affected so what what we need to learn as men is that yes i might i might divorce the wife i might uh, break up with the girlfriend but the reality is uh, i need to learn to have a relationship with my child outside of the woman that I made the child with and to recognize that without me there are certain elements in this child that will be lost forever and that are needed by my presence. Number two is the whole when when separation happens black people we don't know how to break up we get angry at everything and everyone but now the plunguness plunguness is the one that causes uh, a separation of relationship Mm. that Mm. a father needs to have with the child because mm. now at the end of the day the mother sometimes uses the child to punish the father mm. uh, sometimes the mother wants uh, responsibility obligations to be taken co- taken care of with by denying relationship and I've learned that in the, in the area where relationship is not given it's very difficult to be responsible so where a relationship environment is created between a mother saying look you have access to your child and a man will forever be inspired and pushed 
to be responsible to a child that he has a relationship with. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are those who don't want to be there, but I'm not speaking for them today. I'm talking about that one that genuinely wants to be there, but feels like he does not have the resources to be there. But forgetting and neglecting the fact that, that being there sometimes plays more, more of a role than the money you would bring to the table. It's true. I mean, financial provision is great, but it doesn't replace the, you know, the, role, the role of That's a father. It, yeah. And, and the, the breakup thing, I mean, some breakups are really messy, Leroy. Let's, let's admit that some yeah. scenarios let's, let's admit, are... Let's admit that you, when you and I met at the point of love and we were in our honeymoon phase, mm -hmm. uh, like your parents were in a honeymoon phase mm -hmm. and, and conception happened, remember, mm -hmm. this poor child did not call the both of you and say, how about you guys go together and bring me on board? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the reality no, is... But, but okay, as long yeah. as you acknowledge it, some breakups are... No, they are. are. Yeah. The breakups are... There's no easy breakup. Yeah. I'm not saying mm -hmm. that they're nice it's not, a black, it's not a black people thing. It's a human thing. Some breakups it, are It's messy. a human thing, but we don't know how to deal with them most of the time. No, with all the pain and everything else you're going through, mm. it's hard. And then obviously later on you calm down and you sober up a bit and then things get better. But at the beginning, it's very strange. Uh -huh. But in the sobering up and in the process of healing, let's not forget that there is a human being involved between you and I and our heartbreak. Okay, no, it's fine. As long as we acknowledge it, it's not easy. I'm not saying, I, I mean, I've been through heartbreak, Justin J, breaking up with the person that I was just dating. Mm, yo, I mean, it took me two more. years to recover. So imagine you've been married to this person and you've got kids together. I mean, yo, yeah. it's a lot. <laughs> anyway, we've got, yeah, before we go for a break, let's chat to my son, calling us from Springs. Good evening and welcome to Sidebar, Cindy. Good evening, Dr. Cindy. How are you? Good, thank you. Fine, thanks. Uh, you have a very interesting uh, discussion of absent fathers. Mm, non-resident uh, non fathers non-resident uh, yes yeah. non-resident fathers now i want to bring it i want to bring the other side of the of the story the opposite of that okay uh there are instances where you would have a father that's divorced that's living with their children in this case i'm that father i live with my kids and uh <clears throat> i've got two girls yeah and one boy mm. yeah so so I'm actually taking care of them. Uh, the mother is not here. And uh, in terms of the divorce uh, decree, it was saying that the mother must come and uh, fetch. Oh, when I take the kids to, to her, yeah. then she must then bring them back. I do everything. I take the kids to her and I go collect them. I make sure that they go to school. I clean up. I wash their washing. I iron. I do almost everything. Mm. Okay. So I'm saying it's not only uh, fathers that would be non-resident. Mm. Uh, I know that in most cases it would be fathers, but in this case, uh, there are men that are actually doing what mothers do. Mm. And and do you have support from your family? Is is in, is anyone else helping you? Yeah, well, uh, I I do go to my 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 my, my dad as well as. Uh, my sisters, uh, I've got sisters. They do help here and there. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but more often than not, uh, it's, 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 it's my business. And I'm so excited to have taken care of that. Because I'm actually coming from a, uh, a situation where my parents divorced when I was very young. Mm -hmm. And I had to make sure that I take care of myself, took myself to school and mm -hmm. all of those things. But then I made sure that uh, my kids do not go through that. Mm. Uh, especially the ones that I got in marriage. I know that I had others that I fathered before I got married. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, those have not lived with me, but I made sure that whatever that they, they needed from a father, they get.
Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing that with us, Masunda, and all the best um, with, with you and your children. I'm in studio with Ronald Muringai, who wrote the book Fathering Sons, and with Leroy Tawu, who wrote the book Confessions of a Broken Man. And this evening, we're speaking about non-resident fathers. How much do fathers matter when they're not living with the mothers of their children? We're taking your calls on 86 hashtag on, 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 on social media is Sidebar Cindy, and the other hashtag is KayaFMTalk. So coming back to you, um, Ronald, and, and um, thank you so much. I've gotten a copy of this book, and I'm, I can't wait to read it. Um, so, okay, so Illyria had mentioned something about how black people don't know how to break up. Um, and and I, kind of, I kind of disagree with that, but it's fine, we'll come back <laughs> yes. to that. So just from a fathering perspective, and, I, and I'll, I'll, again, I'll, say, I'll bring something in from my experience. So I'm married to an Afrikaans man, and he's very traditional. And a lot of what he does with his, with his kids and with myself mm-hmm. is what he learns from, from his father. From his father, yeah. So I, I, always, I always say to people that, I still maintain that the, the politics of, of, this, of, of our region mm. plays a big role in how our fathers are. Yep. So, that's true. you know, what do you think of that? Right. That, that, that's very true because uh, for most of the people that I spoke to... Oh, by the way, before I actually answer that, I think I should uh, give kudos to the guy who called earlier you know, and said he's taking care of his children. Yeah, no, his no, that's, like, that's sure, remarkable. Uh, you are a hero, man. I think, like you said, a lot of guys... It's really normally the women that take the children. I think even legally, the law has recently been changed and allows uh, mm. divorced fathers as well to take care of the children. So I think we, we must congratulate you on air and say, well done, bro. Uh, but back to your question, um, I think environment ultimately shapes one's identity and especially for the previous generation who grew up under trying conditions if i can say of apartheid i personally grew up in zimbabwe mm. didn't really experience apartheid i mean you know zimbabwe is snow and all the beautiful things that come with that mm. but uh <laughs> for you guys who grew up on this side and especially for you being married to an african man i think there's, there's that there's that uh, cross-cultural thing that now one has to navigate through you know uh, is that me? No. No, no, no. Oh. This is me. <laughs> yeah. So ultimately, one is a product of their upbringing. One is a product of the environment in which they grow up. So whatever, fa- whatever our fathers grew up in and whatever environment that it is that they grew up in definitely affected what they became when they became dads. Mm. And some of the, if you, most of the guys you read in my book, I think almost 60 or 70% say their fathers, uh, going on the black thing again that uh, Leroy mentioned earlier, being black could not tell their sons that they love them, mm-hmm. you know. And I think a lot of us would be like, yeah, yeah, but uh, we, we, we African men don't really talk mm. about that. But the funny thing is the very same men were saying, I hope and I wish my dad tells me that he loves me at least mm. at some point in time before he dies. So there's a paradox there. And we say now, we, our dads grew up in that punishing environment, that trying and testing environment, mm. and cannot find themselves saying such things to us. Yet, these are the things we yearn to hear and want to hear. So the challenge therefore becomes, can we take on the things that they failed at and hopefully tell our sons, for example, I'm proud of you, son. Mm, I, I love, love you, you, son. And all you. these things that are considered... Uh, soft mm. you know especially for african men mm. so yes your question uh, men are affected by where they grew up and mm. how they grew up and i think those cultural nuances are transferred somewhat uh, subconsciously to the the next generation as well unless and until something is done intentionally to break apart from that and also there's something about old age i mean my dad my dad is shona he's from zimbabwe oh, cool. and so i grew up in zim and he started telling me that he loves me so like he'll sms that he loves me or he'll email and there's and something about odd. yeah there's something about age that makes our parents and the thing that annoys me is that because now they're old and they're going to die eventually <laughs> you, you forgive all their sins you know everything is forgiven and forgotten it's, it's so it's, it is and and I, for, it's for, for, for like most, 
Matt does it intentionally. There's a seminar we had. <laughs> there's a seminar we had, I think, about two weeks ago, talking yeah. about these fatherhood issues. And there's a lady who was saying, you know, her dad, in also in his old age, is trying to hug her now and show her the and love it's weird. that the whole time she was growing up, she never had. Mm. So it's like when they try and hug, it's, it's actually awkward, you know, which hand goes up, which hand goes down. But because they're not used mm. to all of these things. So I'm saying, you know, this is where the environment that our fathers grew up in. Mm. Well and good. But can we now at least do something different? There we go. And I'm well, we have a hope. message. We have a message from Anonymous, and Anonymous says, "I don't think we should be congratulating this father. We don't do the same for mothers." So, okay, point taken, Anonymous. We won't <laughs> congratulate fathers for doing what they should be doing. Um, Leroy, um, yeah, our parents growing up, growing older, and starting to become swappy again. What do you think about that? You you mentioned that now all sins need to be forgiven. <laughs> you, you don't want to forgive sins. <laughs> L- anyway, you know, some of us are traumatized by what our non-reasons fathers did to us. I, I think they come to an age where they realize, or, yeah, no, it's, I, I don't have much time left. Now when I I start my dad passed away two months ago, and I started having a good relationship with my father. I think when he knew that his clock is ticking out, it yeah. was when then he realized that being emotional is not wrong, mm-hmm. and telling you that I love you is not wrong, and telling you that I'm in pain is not wrong. Mm-hmm. And then but now my 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 encouragement now comes to say, uh, why do we have to wait? to clock out for us to do that which we need to do Mm. and the reality here is that no man wants to be seen weak and that is just that that is why it it will forever be a challenge having a relationship between a father and a son because the testosterone levels are high on both sides Mm. and all of them want to prove this ego thing hey son how was school school was fine Mm. are are you okay yeah, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Because because we, we always want to model this this person but this persona that says I'm okay, I got it all under control. But it takes the, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, And I will turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the hearts of the sons to the fathers. Now you realize that in that context it simply means that a father needs to reach out and a son needs to reach out as well. Because for this fathering and sonship thing to happen, it will take both parties yep. to make to it come work. To the table. Now now the thing that I learned later, twenty five Five years later was that my dad needed my sonship for his fatherhood to work mm-hmm. and, and and we both needed to meet each other at the point of equilibrium called relationship when when he called it was him reaching out then that was the time for me to meet him at the point of relationship now we get all weird vibes when they tell us that they love us mm-hmm. oh is everything okay instead of <laughs> saying i love you too yeah then you go to is everything okay is everything okay at home <laughs> are you okay and we forget that this is an opportunity to embrace emotion mm. right then and then because imagine what it take or what it took for your father to pick up the phone dial your number and say no i just miss you i just wanted to tell you that i love you and another thing like that message it, it it's messages like that like we don't need to congratulate it's not really congratulating it is acknowledging because here's the thing when when you first started uh, when when i was sent the brief the brief said that we normally talk about absent father oh, a lot we bash them lot. day and night so now yeah. which brings us to a place and a point of saying that we know how to crucify men when they are not doing good we know how to call them names when they are not doing good but we don't know how to celebrate 
motivate them when they stay and that is the biggest problem and one mm. of the things that a man need is to be acknowledged or Affirmed, yeah. dad thank you for buying the bread irregardless thank you for buying the bicycle thank you for doing one two three four five because that encourages activity to continue being activity activitious in the words of somis <laughs> <laughs> so we have a tweets from christian and christian says that i've been divorced for almost two years now i've always strived to be there as much as possible for my kids but it never seems enough it takes a lot of emotional and mental strength to adjust to the fact that you are not with them every day you see yep and that's the truth i think uh chris is doing a great job by trying actually to be with his kids and uh let me not congratulate him before um <laughs> before, before we crucify you <laughs> But uh, I think, look, the, the thing is, the time will never be the same, especially when he was in the house 24-7 versus now he has to live separately. That basically means time has to be split between him and his ex-wife. So the best that he can do is to make sure that whenever he gets the opportunity is to take advantage of that and make sure that he spends time with his kids. There is nothing that he can do beyond that. Mm -hmm. And I think he, he shouldn't really feel guilty or feel bad about the fact that he can't really be there 24-7. Unfortunately, this is the reality of it, what it is. And unless, of course, perhaps they end up sharing a house, that's how it must work. And he must just have it in his head to give the best to his kids as much as he can for, for whatever time that he can afford to. And, and did your mom ever badmouth your father to you? I think I was blessed in that my mom never did because I grew up a young, angry man because my dad was not there. And uh, listening to Tupac and all these things, I mean, you know, you kind of get influenced as well to think, you know, actually have some justification of sorts to not like this man and actually not respect him or even listen to him whenever mm. he says whatever it is. But my mom, uh, I think being a Christian woman, she would always encourage us you know and say you know you need to go visit your father and whenever i spoke bad about her dad at some point in time i even wanted to change my surname to my your mother's surname, surname because i thought you know this guy doesn't contribute to my living so what, what the hell I'm, I'm allowed to say that on air thank god so um it, it turns out that you know the, the fact that she was in that space of being at peace with herself i think and, and, and the fact that the, the divorce was something that's irreversible in her life she really just gave us that encouragement you know love your father and I think for, for me, the one thing that I also mentioned in my book, you know, there's a sermon I was listening to the one time that the preacher kind of spoke about us loving our fathers and, um, and honoring our fathers, you know, and our mothers. So that's our days, you know, I think you might know the scripture. But for me, that, that was the most challenging thing because I thought, you know what, I can't honor somebody who has not really been part of my life. Yeah. But like you say, I think, thank God, my mom really just came through in terms of encouraging and saying, you know, love your father. He's still your father. There's no other father on this earth except for this guy. Mm -hmm. And I think that really helped. Well, you're listening to Saipod Cindy on KFM 95.9. And I'm chatting to Ronald Muringai um, and to Leroy Tawan. We're speaking about non-resident father. So non-resident father mm -hmm. is different from an absent father. This yep. is a father that doesn't spend every day with their children. They do spend some time. They come in when they can, but they're not there every day for the day-to-day -day living of the child. And it's a challenging situation. I think a lot of a lot of us who come from divorced um, parents have non-resident dads and mm, you know there's mm. a lot of uh, anguish yep. then there's then there's growing up and you realize okay this is why it was like that and then there's forgiveness mm, and mm. I'm, I'm glad I came through the forgiveness and now my dad and I have a very great relationship but oh, at the beginning it's, it's tough I mean I remember at boarding school um, one of the girls asking if I had a father because sure. all she ever saw was my mom mm. you know but and she asked do you have a dad you know we all have dads and, and Zimbabwe is particularly harsh because yeah. that's a country that they, they they prize marriage over yeah. everything else. <laughs> I can you know, that. You know, so so if you live in Zim and you, you well back then if you lived in Zim and you mm. came from a, a divorced household, you so it's so like you had leprosy. Yeah, yeah. That's really what it Maybe felt like. Social mark on you. Yeah, a, a social mark that you carried for mm. everything. That, everything that went right or wrong in your life it's because. was because, because yes. Baba and mm. stuff like that. So it was hard. It was very hard for me. Um, yeah. Totally can relate.
this topic ne it's very difficult but nonetheless uh, i i think that uh, like at the end of the day destiny is tied to choice and destiny is tied to what exposure because there are there are a lot of contributing factors why fathers are not there there are those who passed on there's divorce that happens and when i agree you are against my issue that we don't know how to deal with breakup but the reality is some breakups take forever uh, for people to heal and that's what at the end of the day affects this whole fathering relationship that uh, happens because back in the day it was okay for a man to provide and not be there. It was okay for a man to bring bread and go go to Gauteng or go wherever you need to go f- to make sure that the family is taken care of. Overnight now you need to be emotionally involved. I think men, we need to start having more conversations to teach men to be emotionally involved because all we know is to be providers who are yeah. detached from emotion. Mm-hmm. And then you can't keep bashing us because this is new to a lot of us. And we, we knew that the wife is the one that takes care of the children while I go out to get the butter and the bread uh, overnight, somebody preached a very powerful message called equality, but they did not assign somebody uh, to censor this equality and make sure that it's balanced. Because today, women are where men used to be. And the, it's felt financially because women are earning more than men are earning. And women are able to take care of the kids better than the father is able to take care of the kids. And if the notion of what a man is or a definition of a man is that he's a provider without being emotionally involved, if yeah. the mother can do what the father can not do at the end of the day the mother will always come out a hero and and when a woman has financial power that the man doesn't help a man is automatically belittled feels worthless and Mm. feels it's okay for me to stay away let me go find some financial power so that when i come visit i get to fail because you need to understand that why would i want to be there if i can't buy them if no baby i need december and you don't even have anything at that point because it hits home and it hits the ego it hits everything that you stand for as a man so most men are not there because they feel inadequate they feel that they are not enough so they they want to be enough before they come they want to go get the resources before they come so we need to inspire and encourage a culture of saying the relationship with your child might be the thing that you need for you to acquire the resources that you are waiting to get for you to have a relationship with them so at the ultimate end of the day men need to understand that we need to learn this emotion thing unfortunately fatherhood is not instinctive like motherhood is you, I mean, there's no, there's, you're not born with it. Yes. I mean, I struggle on a day-to-day basis. Aha. Uh-huh. So we need to, we need to start reading books. We need to, we need to start encouraging one another. Mm. Hey, Ronald, how about we take the kids to the park? It's gonna be awkward, but there will come a time where a whole lot of things That's started normal. awkward, but we are enjoying yep. them today. <laughs> well, you're still listening to Sidebar Cindy on Kaya FM 95.9. Um, if you've just joined us, you can still catch us on a podcast later on um, this week or next week. Our podcasts are up on kayafm.co.za under FM Rewind. And um, there's a tweet from Bareki. Bareki says, even in living together parents, how do we balance the responsibility of working to earn for a good life without neglecting time spent with our children? And also, what about those who are absent fathers due to situations beyond their control? Yeah, I think uh, I'll touch on the first one. Perhaps I'll leave the second to uh, Mr. Leroy. Yeah. But Balegi, it's important to, to understand that, you know, when kids are born, in as much as we understand the fact that we've lived in the world and we know that we need to supply and house and all the things that come with that, children initially are not interested in all of that. They just want you to take care of them. They just want you to nurture them. They just want you to, to love them. And that is more important than any money can, can, can bring. So I think it's important to realize that when, when that life work balance comes through, 
your priorities therefore should be for your family first mm-hmm. above all other considerations of course we're not saying be reckless now and just spend time with your family the whole time and don't mm-hmm. go to work but mm-hmm. in as much as the, 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 as you're trying to balance it out just know that the first thing that's important because at the end of the day it's your it's your children it's your it's your parents your sisters it's your siblings or whoever is around you that that is your family and that's important to you and beyond all of that you know your colleagues and the business deals that you're chasing after and all these other kind of things that, that will fall away at the end of the day it, uh, when we're standing around your grave you know, we're not going to be celebrating the big deals that you signed, you know, in London. But how you are a good parent and a good uh, example to your children, as it were. Mm. Look, my father worked hard toward us opportunity to be exposed to stuff that most of our most of the kids' collection were not exposed to. I I went to multiracial schools and played cricket and all of these things. So I just want to paint. I want to paint a scenario that my dad works hard for me to uh, to be awarded uh, this luxuries of a lifestyle. You know, mm. now you're playing cricket while others are playing soccer in a field that has no grass. And when are you, 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 you get what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so now you are part of the first team and Jonathan is the 12th man in the cricket squad and Jonathan is just responsible for bringing water to the team. But when we go out to play at a match, uh, everyone from Jonathan's family feels the grandstand. <laughs> They cheer Jonathan on. Remember, Jonathan is not even playing. Jonathan is just waiting for somebody to get injured. Oranges, oranges and yes. water. Mm. He's waiting for somebody to get injured so that he can stand uh, stand in that particular spot. But now here's the thing. You are good and, accept- and you are an exceptional cricket player, but none of your parents are at the grandstand. And this hits you. Now you start murmuring and saying, yeah, no, they don't support my dreams. They don't, they're not even here to watch me play. And now you start complaining about all of these things and forgetting that it is them. They are not there because they are working hard to maintain the experience. How then will they be feeling the grandstands when they need to be at work to make sure that the school fees is paid at the end of the month? So, so, So sometimes when we bash men for not being there, can we try to understand that they are working hard to make sure that the kid has what they need to have because at the end of the day if i am if i am a stay at home dad people are i'm going to become a laughing stock of the community yeah what kind of a man is this that oh, there's nothing work? wrong with being a stay at home uh, dad no there's nothing be. wrong with it, but <laughs> we're saying it it sounds nice but the reality is when you are there and you are part of it it becomes something else no there's i disagree we have a caller so before we carry on with the discussion let's take um, a caller we have down here calling us from the val good evening and welcome to sidebar cindy yes cindy how are you good thank you it's so awesome to talk to you this evening mm, thank you yes you guys have been like talking about so many good issues i'm also interested basically just to cut things in short i'm a father of two yeah. And I'm currently staying with my my parents mm. and my one son. Uh, he was born in uh, 2014. He's been in five years this year. So I think according to my viewpoint, as the fathers, many women, they don't understand our emotions because there is this thing that uh, we are always saying, especially into our society that we live in. There is this thing of saying, the child, the son, and the father are more the same. Because when you treat a child as a mother and say, and teaches, when you teach the son, your son, as a mother, how to do things, like domestic things, mm. the way that you can treat your husband and, and teaches your husband how to do things, generally, baby, can you please do this? And the way the other speaker has said on, uh, on the previous, and he said that, 
they must appreciate us. They must try to, like, congratulate us when we are trying to do our best, you understand? So I think it's a matter of understanding. There's no difference between a father and a son. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of mother, the parents out there, to take that, uh, that, that challenge so that they can understand how we need their support. Because we are the human beings that can easily understand, mm-hmm. you understand? Although that our emotions that we are grew up in are also affecting it, are affecting us negative or positive. So I think the topic that you guys are having is very important. It, it, it's also affecting us positively when we are like listening on air when you guys are talking about. Yeah. You guys are having such a great topic. Thank you so much, I, I appreciate. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Well, coming back to Ronald and to Leroy, okay. any comments on what Dawi said? Uh, look, um, I, I'll, I'll go back to my relationship with my dad. And my mother has never worked a day in her life. I hope she's, okay, hi, mom. I know you're listening. But anyway, my mother has never worked a day in her life. Mm. Uh, so it means from, from, from the day I was born till today, that's 30 years. For 30 years, I've been around. My dad has been the one taking care of everything else. And it took him passing away to realize the weight of responsibility that was on his shoulders. And for me to look back at the all the father's days that passed, that we just bought him socks and a tie, and we never really got to the nitty-gritties of celebrating this man for everything that he does. Mm. Yes, he is obligated to do this. Yes, he must do it. But can we... Can can we learn to celebrate men who are trying? Can we learn to acknowledge the effort? Can we learn to, to, yes, they must. Yes, they must not be patted on the back for them doing what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to do it. But there is something special when, when you are acknowledged for doing that which you are supposed to do. Yes, you are supposed to wash the dishes, but it's nice for your mother to come home and say, baby, thank you for washing the dishes. It just gives you inspiration to not wash them grumbling and, and moaning the next day. So this whole thing of saying, yeah, men need, need not to be congratulated we don't we are not congratulating them we are just fueling the fire for them not to stop doing what yep. they need to do a man that is a man that knows that his efforts are acknowledged is a man that will forever do 10 times better than the last time he did it mm. and i think just to add on that as well uh on, on celebrating mediocrity if i can say it something like that uh, we come every day, we read the news and we see this de- department got a clean audit, etc., etc., and we celebrate that and they have big parties to celebrate that, but we don't really ask ourselves, clean audit, yeah, because ultimately they've just achieved the bare minimum. It basically means they've just done their job. Yeah. Now, if we can celebrate that, how much more that which actually really affects us in our families and our dads doing the right thing at the right time. So I think, uh, so sorry for setting off such a controversy man, in terms of congratulating the other guy, but I, I really think we should give that pat on the back to the people that are trying their least, their their best to make sure that they don't end up, for example, firstly, like their fathers before them, or secondly, their sons end up like them. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to try and make sh- that that mindset shift in, into the next generation. And one, one thing that comes in very uh, forthrightly in my book is the guys that I interviewed, that I spoke to through the survey came out strongly for the fact that affirmation in their own lives and in their own identities comes majority from their father. So we need to give that affirmation. We need to say, dude, you've done well. Dude, well done. Dude, you've done great and excellent. And I, it just as a basic thing that men require, like, like Rira is saying, to, to fuel them to do even greater. Because 
I, I know for, for, as a married man, if my wife says, oh, Siri, you've done, you've done excellent. Yo, I want to do 10 times that for thing sure. tomorrow because she's put me on a certain pedestal, you know, and, and, and it's, it's something that encourages me to it's actually positive do better. reinforcement. There we go. So I'm saying by all means necessary, please let us try and give for, for the three or four that are doing okay. Let's not throw them into the garbage uh, trash bag and say, you know, Mena, let's celebrate them. Let's give them the, the kudos that's due to them. Daunyane in the Val, well done, bro. I'm, I'm proud of what oh. you're doing. So we have 10 more minutes left of Sidebar Cindy on KFM 95.9 with me, Dr. Cindy Siwe Fansel. And I'm still chatting to Leroy Dao and to Ronald Mudingai. And the topic is, um, you know, how much do fathers matter when they're not living with the mothers of their children? A question I have for both of you is, um, so, okay, so you're the non-resident father. You've, you've parted ways with the mother. The mother now has met someone else and the children live with mom and someone else um what do you advise men to do to 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 uh, you know to 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 nurture a good relationship with a new man in the kids lives i'll start off with you leroy and then we'll cross over to ronald for that what do i do what do you advise men so so, okay. so the guys that are listening to the show so yeah. so say their partners have their ex-partners have now moved on and married someone else or in a relationship with someone else what can they do to make sure they have a cordial relationship with the new the new parent the new father figure in their children's lives put ego put ego and pride aside mm. and and look for the look at the best interest of the child at hand i know it's hard Muna. Uh, <laughs> it must be very hard yeah uh, it, to, and it's a reality because blended reality. families are a and thing now a, because now it, it it also hits to what i could not be and what i could not do and and what i failed and now most men what they do is that they want to become that which they were supposed to do a long time ago now the mother has moved on and is in a happy relationship else, yeah. so the reality here is that you must just realize that the time to be that which you are supposed to be to that woman is over the only thing you can do is to meet the woman halfway it all depends on the relationship you have built with your child and the woman you have a child with because the the relationship with the with the stepfather is not gonna work if the relationship with you and the mother doesn't work mm -hmm. so the first mentioned basis is that the father must have a working relationship with the mother that helps the father to have a working relationship with the child on the terms of how these two people have agreed to raise this child that's when the stepfather comes in and another thing is this that when you are in love with somebody don't introduce them as the father oh yeah is coming tonight allow this poor child to establish his own or her relationship with the new man in your life this whole thing of men and women trying to assume the father role yeah no i mean you are not their father and that just needs to sink in you are not mm. their mother yeah. uh, you're not no, no, no you're not <laughs> you are not and, and it needs it needs to be known and then yeah. we must not impose just because you and I are lovey dovey it doesn't automatically mean that the relationship mm. that I will have with your child mm. will be a lovey dovey situation. Yeah. When you and I are spending an hour on the phone at midnight, we the child is not involved. When you and I are going to the park, the movies and all of this shit, we, we allowed ourselves to have a relationship. So let the men and the woman uh, build a relationship with it and let the children decide if they want to call you papa or not. Mm. Because papa is an, it's, it's, it's an issue of influence and you being there and playing a role. Mm. And I think just just to add on that as well, I think it's it's first of all not a prerequisite that people need to be friends uh, with the new stepfather, as it were. So dad and stepfather have to be going out and drinking and having fun together. Not necessarily, mm. but it's good that that cordial relationship is there, like Leroy mentioned on earlier, between firstly uh, where now as the ex and the your 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 the mother of your children, and of course the the new dad, if I if I can call it that. Because the thing is this: your children see 
how you relate with other people and how you treat other people from how you actually, they learn all of that from you. Okay. Now, if you are going to be the one who's uh, throwing the sour grapes and saying all these snidey comments at the new stepfather because of your hurt and whatever is going through, then your child, your child also picks up on that. That's and true. there's no need now to undercut uh, the, the new father, as it were, or stepfather for the sake of you. You are the father. Nothing's yeah. going to change. Okay. So last caller for the evening, we have Lebuhan calling us from Douglasdale. Good evening and welcome to Sidebar Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hi. So you're the last caller. We have to make it quick. Um, okay. Yes. Uh, I'm a little bit angry mm. that men to be petted on the back. Okay. Uh, yeah. When are men men? You know, there's a difference between men and boys. Boys need to be petted on the back. Men need to grow up. Mm. Yeah. We cannot be petting men on the back to do the right things. We are not mothers as wives. We are, you know, wives. We need to be loved. We need to be, you know, not us petting men on the back and say, oh, well done for this and that. No. No. I disagree with those guys when it comes to that. Okay. Well, thank you for that last call, um, Libuhang from Douglasdale. Okay, so wrapping up... Um, Quickly, just a one gem of wisdom from either from either of you, from both of you, before we call it a wrap. Leroy, starting with you. <laughs> At the end of the day, we all have to be responsible for ourselves, and we can't keep we can't continue blaming things and everything for us not being where we're supposed to be. Uh, we all have an obligation towards our kids, and we all have a responsibility towards our kids. But it comes with having a responsibility for being responsible for yourself, for you to exercise responsibility for someone else. Even today, regardless of how in love I am and how my fiance loves me, I still tell her that I'm the luckiest man uh, to have her. By so saying, I'm simply saying that if somebody is there, it's a privilege. Mm. It's, it's not a must. If somebody's doing something, sometimes it's a privilege, it's not a must. And and we are not, I will f- continue to say, congratulate them, pat them <laughs> on the back for all it takes. Thank you, Leroy. <laughs> Leroy is being controversial. But uh, look, I think from finally from me, uh, there's a lot of men out there who are hurting and uh, angry at their fathers. I was one of them and I think I really only got an opportunity to reconcile with my dad by very, I, I wouldn't say normal circumstances, but it just so happened that after we had the conversation, a week later, he was in an accident and he died. So mm-hmm. I got that opportunity to at least speak and, 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 and f- uh, vent my yeah. anger to him about all these issues and we got to reconcile. And even though he died, I'm just saying, look, you don't have all the time in the world. Mm-hmm. If you can, if you should, please send that text, make that call, meet the man and try and discuss and uh, put the issues on the table and talk about it. Sidebar with Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.